congratulations, Wolf, on your PhD. Yeah. What what's you a doctor of? Uh Rio. <laughs> the uh, I sent the... off two hundred ring pulls <laughs> and became a doctor of Rio. I don't know what I was expecting, of course. Um... That is, by the way, listeners, a real offer. <laughs> yeah. That actually works. If you send off two Rio Tropical ring pulls, you get a PhD of your choice. Yep. So, so it's worth it. I've rotted my teeth down to stubs, but, um, you know, I'm a doctor now, so I can write that on forms. And can you... Is it like a medical... Can you, like, write prescriptions? Or... Yeah. Only for Rio, oh. though. Only for Rio. <laughs> to this, the 200th episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, and I'm going to keep the the theme secret until we, because a a few people, a few lovely people emailed in, uh, and so I won't announce which one of you used theme we picked until until we start talking about it, but uh, I am joined today by... Dr. Wolf Carlton, PhD, <laughs> and Bicentennial Anthony. Hello there. It's actually Sir Bicentennial Anthony, but it wouldn't all fit in the bar. <laughs> my goodness. Just, just like my long and exquisitely exciting life won't, won't quite fit within one episode's worth of anecdotes. <laughs> and how... So what, is any of you made of metal? O- only my talons. Your talons? Your talons? <laughs> oh, talons. Yes. Absolutely, yes. I, I use them to, to hunt for smaller robots. I really haven't thought this one through. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's a, that, was, that was some deep bicentennial Anthony lore there. <laughs> I had them installed just after filming Silence of the Gigalams. Oh. I'm finding it hard to track. So, is it, I, have you come back from the future? I have. Yes, that's correct. Okay, right. Yeah, such okay. a terrible fright. It's, it sent me back in time. <laughs> What's the future like, Sir Anthony? It's it's very good. I sit in a large chair, describing frightening things that have happened to me. Right. What about for everyone else? Life's good for you, but what about us? Oh no! Wandering a scorched wasteland, uh, occasionally <laughs> oh, no. attacking my bunker. Uh, that's what's so frightening. <laughs> and, you, and you just described terrible frights to no one else. <laughs> no, no. There's a an enormous Titantron screen on on the outside of my fort. <laughs> oh, okay. I said, "What oh, do you know? Seventeen <laughs> men operating a trebuchet made of human bone tried to break in the other day. It's terribly frightening. Just oh, keep people entertained." Are, are me or Alice alive in the future? Oh, yes. Nice. There's 500 yes. of you, Matthew. 
<laughs> oh no, not my, not the E3500, David Skate. Well, why, why do you think everyone lives in a blazing wasteland in the first place? Oh, we didn't oh no. We stripped the world of all its resources. Just to make just three, three. <laughs> I suppose we're not very well thought of in the future. Oh no. No, you, you drove away the Alabaster Titan and nothing's been the same since, but don't oh, worry. No. We can still have a good good laugh today. Can I also commend you now, because you've been keeping up the Anthony Hopkins voice for about three minutes now. I might never, very well. might never leave. <laughs> I think that's the Guinness World Record for the longest ever Anthony Hopkins impression. <laughs> even Anthony Hopkins can manage that. He has to break and start acting at some point. That's yeah, well, no, it, surely by definition, Anthony Hopkins would never be able to have the uh, Guinness World Record for longest impression of Anthony Hopkins. Indeed, that's he... the, the Hopkins paradox, which is what powers starships in the future. Right, let's move away from this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please. <laughs> Imagine if this was your first episode of Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, <laughs> I think that every episode. No episode is a good first entry point for this podcast. Yeah, um, so this is a kind of an Anthony Hopkins punk role play. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Uh how are you both? How have you been since? Because Matthew, we didn't. You've been away for the last couple of weeks because we didn't see you last week. So, you, have you got any fun anecdotes from while you're away? Oh, not right. I've been very boring because I've I've just been no. continuing my diet. Um, I I tell you, what, I'm a, I'm addicted to a new kind of ice lolly, which is a clue as to how my diet's going. Um, there's a, it's a, like a banana ice lolly, but with like a, a chocolate on the outside. It's like a chuck ice on a stick. Um, okay. Is it like a frozen banana, like off Arrested Development? It, it, it's not quite, but it feels like it's got a lot of real banana in it. It, it. Like the texture of it is kind of half ice cream, half banana. So I think it says there's at least <laughs> at least one whole banana in every lolly. Wow, so it's healthy. That's why you can eat it. Yeah, not not tr- not hugely calorific, but I'm yeah, I'm absolutely addicted to them. But they're really really hard to find. So I, I went to uh, Waitrose and like bought out their entire stock of these banana ice lollies. <laughs> That's all we bought going through the till. Must have looked very strange. It's like it's this infant who's just going to feed himself only on lollies, which is true. <laughs> so yeah, so life's good. Good. Oh, I'm glad. And uh, and you're off on holidays later today. So thank you for coming in this morning to record. Yes. Uh, are yes. you excited for your holidays? Yes, going down to Devon. Um, going to sit around and That's read good. Uh, yeah. Japanese murder mysteries. Oh, ideal holiday. Yeah. Are you allowed to be off your diet when you're on holiday? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna go a bit, a bit lighter. Um. The thing is, my my so we're staying with my mother, and she lives near a, a Tesco's. We don't have a Tesco's in Bath, but Tesco's do a a You're thing. Not is... It would bring down the tone, wouldn't it? <laughs> having a Tesco's. Oh no, we've got we've got everything else. Um, you've got an Iceland, um, and uh, they do this cinnamon swirl bun, which is the closest thing to a cin- like a like a cinnabon outside of a Ooh. cinnabon. Um, so I'm probably going to eat at least one of those. At least one. Yeah. yeah. It would be it's, rude not to. It's called a cinnamon tear and share because it's like four Cinnabons welded together. 
Oh, um, you, it, with one of those. Yeah. Oh, it's real good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of tearing, but probably not a lot of sharing going on. <laughs> <laughs> that was good because you said that in the tone of the reader on like the Tesco adverts. Mm. Here's to the tearers. <laughs> the sharers. <laughs> the sharers. <laughs> Here's to our um, NHS and also unpaid carers. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of politics there for you. Um, I've been learning to turn bowls. Okay. Into what? Uh, no, I turned an old uh, lump of elm tree into a bowl using a medieval uh, treadle-powered lathe. And that's called turning. Yeah, it's really because they, they spin, really I suppose. Yeah, it's such a such an excellent device. Um, literally, just some a, a big springy pole with a rope twisted around it, and like a a stick attached to the bottom, which you sort of jig up and down on, and that spins you a bit of wood round, and then you've got like a grosler that you hold against it, and it it like grunches it. Like you know, like a potter's wheel. Imagine that, yeah. but you're grunching with a grosler, and then eventually you got this cool bowl. Um, is it a, is it erotic, like in the film Ghost? No. Well, I mean, you know, depending how, how erotic a, a you know sweating middle aged man uh, dancing on one leg while grunching a bit of wood is. Mm. Might be a quite. thing. <laughs> quite, quite. <laughs> yeah, I would say it was a, a good. You know, it was in the upper 20th percentile of erotic situations <laughs> I've been in. It's good. Why, why did you start doing this? How did this uh, come about? Well, I, I was at um, Mary Arden's farm a few years ago, which is a Tudor living museum in the sort of the super cluster of sh- sh- vaguely Shakespeare-themed tourist attractions around Stratford. This was a few years ago. And there was a guy there doing it, demonstrating like ye olde woodworking. And I was transfixed, like someone in a Lovecraft novel staring at a, you know, an inconceivable being. I was just absolutely fascinated by it. And uh, a little bit of text popped up over Ashley's head saying, Ashley will remember that. And so, <laughs> yeah, she, she just bought me a, a, a day doing it in the woods with a bloke for my birthday this year, and uh, it was it, it was even better doing it than perhaps my fevered mind had imagined while staring at the man doing it several years ago. Did you make how many bowls do you make in a day? Like, what's the, what's the kind of time scale on one of these bowls? Like a real brute could probably put out like one every half hour. If, oh, wow. okay. you know, there was a lot of hungry Tudors, but since it was my first time and we were sort of going from first principles, so I had to sort of shape the bit of log with an axe into a sort of a shape, like a sort of voodoo doll of a tortoise. Right. And then, oh, yeah. you know, just keep whittling it until it was the right shape and then begin the, the turning and grunching. The grunching is not a technical term, by the way, it's just onomatopoeia. Yeah, right. no, I assumed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I so assumed all, it was a technical term. Did all you? All in all, it took me about four hours. Mm. And 
are you now is it like learning skills in like skyrim are you now like <laughs> level one making a bowl yeah i would say it might even be level three um Ooh. apparently most people make their bowl way too thick uh but i bucked the trend by making it almost disastrously thin such mm. was my enthusiastic uh enthusiasm for the branching but the mm. the gentleman who was teaching me said i could he reckoned I I was competent enough that if I wanted to just come back and use his lathe at some point, uh, wow. I could do that. So uh, he was really cool, actually, and that mm. made me feel like the big man. So, yeah. Is it a very smooth, usable bowl, or would you get like splinters in your lips if you drank from it directly? Uh, no, it's very smooth. Um, it's not sanded at all either. It's all done with the grunching stick. Uh, I'm mm. gonna gonna oil it and stuff so it's a bit smoother but, yeah i was uh, gonna say would you do you not have to sort of varnish it a bit or polish it up i also learned about spalting which is when you've got an that old vlog that sounds like an, another made-up nate word it really does but this this one yeah. is real it's when fungus um grows mycelium through the wood and you get a sick sort of Ooh. fun black line um so it's got one of those um, cool. Sort of going down the side of it. It's really good. I'm so into this bowl. I look at it all the time, <laughs> Gollum, just like <laughs> caressing it with my hands and imagining what how good it will be to like have a hearty stew out of it. <laughs> That's going to be your first stew out of your bowl. Is going to be a, a real moment. Oh yeah. Um, and how are your fish? How's a quick goby update? How are they doing? They've actually. They seem to have hit a plateau. Um, maybe because I stopped feeding them just vast amounts all the time. So they were all bulking up like wrestlers. Now they're just sort of, I would say they're, they're an, an acceptable increment in size upwards from the last update. So I'm not so, I mean, I still desperately need to find a home for them all, but, uh, it's, it's definitely still comfortably in the territory of, of future Nate's to-do list. Good. Okay. Lovely. Please take um, the Gobies, listeners, please. <laughs> I've not really got much to... I stopped a fight on a train the other day between two children. Wow. Nice. Yeah, well, we were getting the train from from town, from the big town, from Cork, uh, home. And it's only about a half-hour train ride, but um, there was a kid, probably about 16, sitting on the other side of the train facing away from us, and then another child got on who do you know when you see a kid and you're like you're a little expletive because he got on the train and was smoking one of those pen vapes and it was banana flavored on the train Ugh. and i was like oh i don't i don't like the look of you <laughs> like not in a not in a i was scared of this child way but in a i would be ashamed if my child smoked their banana pen vape on I mean, board a train like, you know... um Cherry, fine, but I mean, only a Bofus smokes a banana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Uh, oh, yeah, Mr. Banana. Are you like Banana Man? Do you turn into like a. What a... are Banana Man? What was his deal? Very strange. What was his power? Well, he, Eric he just ate a, a banana. Yeah. Eric what, and then he just became. It was, then... He was a strong. He could fly, right? He's basically yeah. Superman, but powered by a banana. And yeah. with the mind of a child. 
Ugh. It's like, what was that Shazam like that, but for bananas? <laughs> that, that must have been made by the banana industry. That a big cartoon. banana. <laughs> yeah, to try and get people to buy whatever. I can't think bananas. of bananas. Five, five, fife, fifes. Is that bananas? He lived on Acacia Avenue, didn't he? Yeah, he was and called he ate a banana, and he just became yeah, became a big Superman, but with like a yellow cape. Mm. He was more like Batman. To look he was at. actually, wasn't he? Yeah, Batman and he, yellow and blue, weird, very weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, the the banana vaping child who did genuinely looked like fourteen turned around, saw the other kid, and uh, immediately went over and sat and started like muttering threats at him, but uh, and like trying to push push his legs and like started like slapping his hand and stuff and. Uh, and spend like basically 25 minutes just like being like charming threatening you know like just being like I just want to talk to you man I just want to have a chat like and then being like I will F you up basically it was really weird because it was well because it was like quite like between the two of them in their little bubble it's quite a threatening atmosphere but like on the outside of the bubble it was it like this kid looked like he was not old enough to like buy a pair of scissors and eventually the aggressive banana vape child like shoved and like start like basically started doing a you know like a, a rumble where they weren't actually punching each other they were like shoving each other around and pushing and stuff yeah and i was like whoa and like i was like what are you doing and then the kid it was really funny it was like he'd watched like breaking bad or whatever and he was like because he was sort of talking like an adult at me and he was like you know I was just talking to him and I was like, yeah, but you're not, are you? And he was like, it's a private issue. And I was like, but you're doing it on a train in public. And he was like, yeah, no, sorry. You know, fair enough. You're right. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, go, like, a private you know, it's a Saturday issue. night. Like, <laughs> yeah. Treating like schoolyard stuff as if it was like some kind of weird gangland on a fight thing. So eventually like, he went away. And like, like court the other proceedings, child fruit vape, <laughs> attorney at law. I know, it was really weird. It was sort of like the, you know, in the big fat quiz of the year where they get like some primary school children to act out real news. It sort of felt <laughs> like that. But they obviously... They were actually rehearsing like, you know, the Ukraine war for a drama GCSE. <laughs> yeah. It's a highly nuanced performing arts piece. <laughs> you ruined it, didn't you? Uh, so that was the most exciting would, would you week. say the intensity was 25%, 100% or 200% in that situation? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I'd say maybe 200%, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you should say that because this is a bit of a, bit of a special one this week, isn't it? See, I, I, I think you pushed it a bit too far. We could have cut there, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. When Alice thinks you've overrated the segue. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> This week, listener, we we got so many. I'm going to click over now. Uh, we got so many lovely episode suggestions, and we got so many emails that we are in fact going to turn the cavern of lies this week into a, a cavern of mailbag and read out what was sent in. But I can drum roll, please, and uh, reveal that this week, from the many excellent suggestions, uh, we have chosen Jonathan fake last names. Uh, suggestion of best things that we would want 200 of in video games 
<laughs> so, it's good that it's good it can be anything he's you know what things in video games he says would only be improved by having 200 of them giraffe mascots in roller coaster tycoon trebuchets in age of empires 2 garris vicarians i leave that oh, to you 200 garrises that would be a nightmare but he'd get his calibrations done quicker wouldn't he yeah, but every time you went back to the ship to do the little, I've got to go and check in on people to see if they've got any new dialogue chatter between missions, you'd have to go around 200 of them. Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> unless they elect one as, like, their spokesperson. The, the first among equals, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, this change. is what, collectively, this is what the garrisons want to say. <laughs> And then it, that would be good because then it would that would be like Mass Effect Four. The Garruses would become like the new Geth. They would be like. A... <laughs> I don't know if I'd want two hundred of them. I don't want to have to kill one hundred and ninety nine Garruses. But I mean, if they turn evil, I'd... <laughs> yeah. Well, like you have to imagine some of them would because, like, from the moment they are created, they become divergent from the main Garrus, don't they? So they become mm. their own thing. Like, trust me, speaking from experience, keeping hundreds of clones in line is, is difficult. <laughs> they, t- they, t- they turn on you fast. Like that. <laughs> yeah, real fast. Uh, well, I mean, Nate, this well, seems like a prime you kind of topic. Yeah, I, I've been overwhelmed with thoughts for this. I think it's probably like expected of me to to jump in with Age of Empires 2 first, so I will, Um, and expected from me anyway. Uh, I I think if the game had 200 factions, I mean, it's getting there. Oh, my God. There's there's like a lot of different civs you can play in that game because they've been adding to it with bits of DLC over the years. And I forget the actual number. I think there's at least sort of 30 or 40 now, but I want the full 200 because it would be really funny to see how far they'd scrape the barrel. <clears throat> um, you know, imagine having like Sheffield as a faction or something. Just... They're trying to come up with a unique <laughs> unit for the region. It's like just some like butcher with a <laughs> bag of guts <laughs> on a stick or something. <laughs> just really, really like. M- Minor local areas represented as civilizations. That would be good. Full graphic sets, <laughs> and uh, then the patch notes would be really good as well. Like fixed a bug where the mattress king would not deploy mattresses if <laughs> in a fight with yeah the Sheffield butcher. Like yeah, well, because that's the thing. They'd probably run out of like major distinct cultural entities. Well, saying that, you know, I mean. If you look at the Crusader Kings map, I guess there were a lot of distinct cultural entities, but, you know, there's only so many types of man on a horse with a sharp stick. So maybe they start to put in, like, joke ones. Yeah, yeah. Would would 200 be... Would 200 be enough? Would you want more... Oh, actually, okay. No, maybe let's translate this idea sideways. What about 200, like, non-symmetrical, asymmetrical, that's the word, perfectly balanced factions in StarCraft? (laughs) 
There are three always, currently, right? Yeah, and it's always heralded as being like an incredibly elegant bit of design. They've got three <laughs> factions that behave differently, and and you know, and yet no one is overpowered. Yeah, what about two hundred? <laughs> I don't know if they'd be able to deal with that. Like it's such a jump. <laughs> you know, you load on one day, and then it says, "By the way, there are now one hundred ninety-seven oh, more that, factions that... than there were yesterday." I would love that that getting that press release landing in your inbox. But it would We'd be now genius. Two hundred well. factions. No one would be able to figure out if any of them were overpowered because it would take like centuries to do all of the combos at a competitive level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'd be okay, really yeah. scraping the barrel because they haven't even got like real. There's only so many sort of sci-fi archetypes blizzard could rip off like i've already done like <laughs> you know xenomorphs with the zerg and what are the protoss based on like but all the fancy aliens you know we're like living energy and stuff and then humans like what else could they neck mm. they'd end well, up with... like doing like space bin men or yeah you could make stuff up because it's space you know Oh, yeah. What I'm saying is Blizzard uh, hasn't got much of a track record <laughs> of coming up That's with fair. ideas of their own. Making stuff up. Yeah, fair. Very Simply fair. like living crisps. I mean, sort of Don't related to that. bags. <laughs> related to that, the idea of sort of any game which has a kind of like a roster of characters, like an Overwatch, if you had 200 of those, you know... Do you think they'd struggle to make two hundred like truly original out there characters? And also, right. it would it would lead to some definite weirdness where there are just some characters who are just so unlike you know they couldn't all possibly be in play. They'd they'd run out of names, wouldn't they? Actually, now I think about it, I've been playing the old um, Total Warhammer Three because uh, it's got its mega stitch all the maps together mode. I think might actually be two hundred factions. Yes, there are. It starts off with 275 distinct factions. Oh, my God. You know, admittedly, like, there's like eight flavours of lizard in that. But, you know, it's it's getting... I'm thinking, yeah, surely games like um, Dota, they've got to be... I mean, they've got millions of playable lads, haven't they? Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I've, I'm sort of afraid of Dota. Kinda, I don't look at it that much. I'm I just aware like of the, it. the idea of someone being in a hero shooter and literally, you know, there's so many characters that you're surprised when you see one you haven't seen. You know, you'd be like, yeah. Who's that? what the hell is that? Like, who's this guy? What's his deal? Because the whole thing is that you sort of learn who's in play and how to deal with them. And you have some idea of how they're going to behave. But in this case, you'd just be coming across. Just some guy who turns up with, like, the ability to, I don't know, fire rainbows out of his ass. You're like, how do I counter this? There's a really good game idea there, and I think this might actually be like a genuine, like good, wholesome use of AI generation. So <laughs> generate new characters. Yeah, things would have to be really, you know, a lot more advanced than they are now. But in the same way, those pictures where it's like, oh yeah, uh, Chuck Norris eating a burger in hell, and and it'll <laughs> it'll paint that. If you're like, okay, this. You know, this character's called the Bum Sheriff. Um, 
and he's got frost powers, and it would like generate a That'd character model well. of like a butt with a cowboy hat. But that, yeah, that's why it'd be good because you don't know if it would be like a big bum with a cowboy hat or a, a like a cowboy sheriff with a big bum that was like all like made of ice. Yeah, or, exactly. You, you know. just have to give it the character name, and it would do its best. Yeah, having seen what the internet, having seen what people tend to put into those AI things, it would just be loads of slightly melted-looking celebrities, (laughs) (laughs) slightly melted, like you know, a slightly melted Jeremy Beadle vaping or something. Like that would be the character, and you'd be like, "Well, this isn't great." (laughs) Uh, Oh, (laughs) contraire! You'd like it. I mean, like Twitter would have a field day for about two, about a week or so, and then they'd get very bored of it, as they did the AI generation. (laughs) 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 Watch out, Beatles about these spewing clouds of toxic gas. Yeah, you'd like it. It's basically your dream game, that. Yeah. Uh, well, what what would you like 200 of in a video game, Matthew? I was thinking of things where when I have them, I'm too scared to use them because they're finite. I was thinking of like weapons and items mm. and like ba- behaviours I'd like to be fr- freed from in games. So like in Resident Evil, there's always the most powerful gun in the game. You only tend to get like 12 bullets across the campaign. So you sit on it and sit on it and sit on it until you eventually finish the game without really realising you've never used your Magnum or your rocket launch or whatever. And I'd like, so I'd like, you know, 200 Magnum bullets to kind of f- <laughs> free me from from those concerns. Or I was thinking of um, that the thing I never used because it had very precious ammo was yeah. um, in the Deus Ex reboot, whatever that was called, Human Revolution, he had that move where he would basically turn himself into a bomb and then blow up and shoot, like, ball bearings everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, a horrible kind of idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, sort of, like, <laughs> really, uh, uh, definitely a war crime. <laughs> um, but I never really used it because you've so rarely had ammo for it. But if I had endless ammo for it, I'd be using it all the time. Just, just exploding around the place. Just so, war crimes everywhere. Yeah, uh, I guess I've undermined my own case there. It would be unpleasant. It is overkill. <laughs> like, there's rarely a room. I can think of very few rooms I've been in where you want to kill everyone in the room, like at once. Which is what that thing does. Yeah. That well, that's, yeah. you only end up in that sort of situation if you send like an exquisite invitation to dinner to all your enemies. <laughs> Yeah, and then you probably only need one. You don't need two hundred of the things. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a single, a, single I'll use case. That one. The typhoon from Deus Ex is evil, and <laughs> we shouldn't have two hundred of it. <laughs> um. Well, I was thinking kind of, uh, a bit sort of less um practically, and I thought so. You know how in a lot of RPG games, there's a level or a quest where you find like a house or like there's a weird family that live on the edge of town and and then you're like oh something weird about these people and then you find out they're cannibals and there's Ugh. like loads of dead people in yeah, their yeah. And stuff. I, I'd 
I was thinking how fun it would be if there was a game that was just 200 fat quests. <laughs> like instead of Skyrim having like these like quest givers in town sending you off on like a mission like there are no side quests or main quests in Skyrim apart from like when you're walking from one town to the other every hamlet you find is like <laughs> cannibal house to a million <laughs> a, a house yeah a house of secret cannibals and every time you have to go through the the thing where they're like oh come in <laughs> Yeah, dinner's almost ready. It's fucking delicious, licks lips while looking at you. Yeah. What if they're all trying to dob on each other simultaneously as well? So it's like a man hurriedly putting down a human leg and be like, oh, you want to check out the Bosworths on the edge of town? So you heard about them. Nash's hand. And like every time you do it, you get more and more sarcastic and like, and become like, you know, that guy in, in, uh, scream who knows all the rules Mm -mm. (laughs) it sounds a bit like you know that you get those podcasts where people they watch like a wasn't that a thing where they watch a terrible film every the the same film oh i love them yeah uh the worst idea of all time they watch uh grown-ups too every week for a year (laughs) right so it'd be a bit like that i think like there'd be a certain madness involved with it where after a while you'd be like oh this sucks but i think eventually it would become very funny that this trope was playing out again and it would also kill that trope forever you'd never be able to do that like legitimately ever again (laughs) yeah because you could do every single variation of it as well you could do like the kind of redneck kind of yokels and you could do like the civilized sort of the deadliest game is man kind of you could do every single does it have to be cannibals could it be secret vampires i feel like that's straying too far from my that's the same quest you go in and they're like you know, uh, dinner will be served at the midnight. Uh, 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 and you're like, like all right, same, yeah. The same question with a funny voice. <laughs> it's always that so comes, come in, come in. You're like, you're the only person who's been nice to me in this game. You are definitely <laughs> a monster of some kind. <laughs> so, yeah, I want a game that's just 200 of that interaction over and over again. Let's get that solid. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, and I was trying to think, was there something else? Oh yeah, I'd like a, I'd like a like um, a Telltale Games game where like it's just two hundred quick fire like QTE choices in a row, We're just like slamming into each other, so it yeah. never gives you a break. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no walking around or anything. It's just like a parade of like you have to choose which direction to walk. It'd be like real life, just a frenzied kind of random firing of neurons, like deciding you want to walk in one direction and pick up a cup or whatever. And then someone will come up to you and you have to decide how you want to respond to them. And they just get increasingly more strange. <laughs> what about... um? Like I re in Red Dead Redemption Two, like I love the camp where it's full of all like your mates of your gang, and there's quite a lot of them. There's like twenty. What if there were like two hundred gang members? So every because t- that'd be so there'd be so many characters for you to meet and so many side quests. It'd be really exciting to and go back there. And the further you get from the campfire, the weirder and weirder they get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
they don't all know each other on the outer fringes they don't know what's going on at the heart of the camp so like they're not even aware of dutch they don't really know what they're doing who or who they, they work know for. what cowboys are <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guy called steve who's really worried <laughs> Or like it's Sheriff Butt strolls over. (laughs) It's like they're too far away and can't hear it. They've all like misheard what was going on in the centre of the camp, and they're trying to kind of yes work out what it what it's all about. That would be good. Bank robbery. I thought he said build an orangery. I've been getting glass in from that. That would actually be a really like funny, like one gag game where you just go to what you think is going to be like, you know, your, your quest hub, but there's just more and more people that you keep meeting and they've all got beef with each other. And you just just get sucked into a hole of running between 200 confused people. (laughs) Never get out of there. (laughs) Well, Um, another thing. So like, in Metroidvanias, you always classically like unlock a double jump, and then maybe if you're lucky, a triple jump. And whenever you get it, the two, what about a two hundred jump? You can do two hundred jumps, and how the game would change as a result. Oh my god, that's an amazing you're idea! Is, it's just a bird. <laughs> well, no, because it, it does have that two hundred limit. You'd better keep count. You'd have to keep count. Because if you got if you'd if you thought you were at one nine nine, but you were at two hundred, then you oh, tried yeah. to, to jump again. That tell would... you, so you always have to keep counting your own head. That would, that would be a splattery death, wouldn't it? And it's like a I'm world, assuming... and yeah, it would be like a cloud world with lots of floating islands. So you'd never, you'd always have to think: Have I got two hundred? Can I get over there in two hundred jumps? Wow. What that'd a nightmare. Be That'd be a freaking rubbish game. <laughs> okay, how about this? How about like a first-person shooter where you've got two hundred lives, but the trick is you can deploy multiple of them at any time and just spawn AI-controlled copies of yourself. But they are one of your lives. So if you have to storm like a barricade, you're like, oh, I think I'm gonna. This is an eight-me job. Ooh. And you'd oh, have to how many good. of your lives to spend. That sounds like a legit good mechanic for a... Yeah, that's really good. Email that into like Arcane. Yeah, wow, that's that is actually good. good. Yeah. And you could call yeah. it like the high cost of living or something. Or cost of living crisis. Uh some politics for you. Oh no, that's terrible SEO. <laughs> it was a um there's this weird um oh uh, who's is it? I think it's is it Atlas have that little penguin mascot Prinny? Is it maybe maybe it's not Atlas? Maybe it's I can't remember whoever it is. It's the Disgaea games. They've got this little like um, cartoon penguin guy who has these spin-off platformers where the gimmick is you have like a hundred lives to do the whole game, mm. um, and it's just like but it's like a really really hard. It's like a sort of. A, not quite super meat boyish, but it's that kind of churn of characters. Like it will, it will kind of chew you up quite fast. But you just have this constant tick, tick encounter of like, oh, I'm through half my life, you know. And if I if I'm out of lives, you have to start at the very beginning of the game again. Um, just uh, you know, it does it does work as a thing. It does add tension and you know risk. That's pretty oh. cool. 
if I was playing the 200 life game, I would, we could do multiples. How fun would it be to do a run where you just spawn 200 of yourself and just rampaged for as long as you could? And like the ones that survived along with you would become like a, a treasured crowd of close comrades. <laughs> Why do we always end up on clones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game would be called Castle Storm. <laughs> Would there ever come about a scenario, though, where, like, what if one of the clones proves themselves more competent and capable than you, and you end up, like, in a rivalry with them? And then you feel, feel, everyone's like, why are you the, why are you the leader? This person survived from 200 clones. And then, and then you would, you would be relegated to not being the real you. (laughs) You have to do what your own clone tells you. Yeah. It's like, so good. Like, like you they, become Matthew number twenty-seven, and then and it becomes a really linear action game where they're like, yeah. "You've got to go to that cover," and you're like, "Oh man, this sucks." I, yeah. I, I wish I'd been so, braver and established my authority. <laughs> it's like Field Marshal Haig ordering you to death again and again. But it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That would be good. That would be, so we'll make that. Listen I think we just solved <laughs> games, yeah. Just made the best game ever. Um, well, we agreed we wouldn't want like 200 companions in a, in like an RPG because that would just be too much admin. Um, <laughs> definitely, d- like, definitely don't want to have to have 200 conversations every time. 200 romance arcs. Oh my God. You'd be so tired from flirting and like boffing your way around 200 people <laughs> that would become the game wouldn't it like it oh god like boulder's gate but you're organizing a 200 person polycule bloody hell yeah <laughs> but what about Take- like rpg parties but it's like a small army and let's say it's like romans or something and you can you know, you could have like subordinates who would be your main party, but they'd each have like you know twenty goons or whatever. Well, if if you've then got the um, the kind of Bioware approval mechanic, you'd have to think carefully about your decisions, kind of more because if like a huge swathe of your your 200 person team just decides to quit that would put you at a disadvantage for a lot of the game wouldn't it that would be really good for like a sort of turn-based strategy game sort of you know an XCOM alike or something if you you could set it in something like sort of Edo period Japan and have your various sort of like you know lesser lords underneath you and depending on how well they fare in battles you'd be like oh well you know I'll Bungus over there's only got eight blokes left. I don't care what he thinks of me. But yeah, um, that's true. Uh, yeah, that could be good. The uh, Suikoden series, if that's how it's pronounced, I don't know if I've ever actually said it out loud. Um, is a JRPG which has like there's like a hundred plus characters you can recruit in each game to your party. Mm, it's, it's at just the same absolute. time. Uh, no, I think you only ever have like five or six in your actual party but there's 
you know, it, its thing is there are loads and loads of party members um, for you to kind of group together. So people have tr- people have gone like crazy with the scale before. What about like iconic singular things, but there are like two hundred of them in it. So like Half Life Two, but Gordon has to drag around a a crate of two hundred crowbars. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's like G Men as well. Yeah, two hundred G Men. Just like elbowing each other out of the way to appear on mysterious precipices. <laughs> <laughs> or like um, uh, Death Stranding, but Norman Reedus has like a sack of two hundred babies. That would be good. A Half Life Two. Basic- Basically running a crash. <laughs> just just feeding them with a trough of monster energy drink. Mm. You could so go it... the other way and, and decrease iconically large numbers. Like, they are 200 would be a pretty underwhelming <laughs> tower defence game. Oh. Well, that's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's I... easier than I thought. Are there any battle royales with 200 people? Ooh. Is... Uh, no. mm. I can't think of. I can't. You know, folks, introducing Fortnite two. Oh God! There's twice as many of you. That's it. <laughs> two hundred ninjas. Among us with two hundred people. Oh, oh my God! Well, that'd be pretty good, actually. I guess you'd form factions, wouldn't you? But it would just take a very long time to play. Just an all-day game. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't have the energy. It's just 15th century church politics. <laughs> that would be the setting. One of you would be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> just like in 15th century church politics. Oh, man. Um, any more for any more? Uh, most of mine were just sort of greedy things like an Ace Attorney game with 200 cases, but that's just because I want to play an Ace Attorney game that's like 600 hours long and basically but, uh, be all that I ever played. Yeah, then you're basically just a cartoon lawyer, like that's your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did think um, Hades with 200 layers of the underworld oh, geez. would be something mega. Assuming... Mm. That each layer has the same care and attention to detail. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> otherwise you just get really busted. <laughs> you you like, get into some really obscure mythological figures for yeah. to, to really pad out the last few. <laughs> yeah, this is it. You'd have to have like an army of classicists working on that just to find enough characters. <laughs> And you genuinely any... could never complete it. It would just, like, it would take years, years and years of continuous play. Well, in that case, then, uh, let's head down into our own layer of hell. No, it's not hell. It's a nice one this week. <laughs> These people it's have sent us nice emails. Yeah, it's usually a, a horrible <laughs> kind of trial, isn't it? But it's nice this week. The Elysian <laughs> mailbag. Yeah. There you go. We've reached the Elysian mailbag. Um, <laughs> The Elysian Mailbag. Yeah, so as I alluded to, a lot of very lovely listeners sent in some lovely emails. 
uh, with also with suggestions for uh, for topics that we didn't go with, but they were very fine suggestions. So Ian, fake last name, emailed in saying, I love listening to the show, which is nominally about games. Mm-hmm. On the off chance that you can't book John Romero, how about the 200th episode being based on birthdays and anniversaries in games? So mm. rather than the 25th anniversary edition stuff, like, you know, anniversaries and, and things in games. Uh, problem is, I can't think of very many examples. There must be plenty of it. It was 10 years ago today type dialogue. <laughs> uh, if there's an anniversary in a game, it basically means that evil thing's coming back to life. That's the only reason anyone's like, 20 years yes. ago, they it's killed the good. Dark Lord. And you're like, uh, guess uh, who's back today? Yeah. Always. That's Always. up there with Cannibal House. <laughs> that's cliches. <laughs> what, about, what about a game that's just 200, like every person you meet, they, they say like a different anniversary. It was 10 years ago today that we defeated <laughs> yeah. Vlad the Impaler. Or it was 20 years ago today that we defeated the horrible worms from the pit and then you have to fight all of them mm. or they're just all very nostalgic and none of the things happen it's like huh it's been 50 years since we interred johnny strongman in his stasis casket and sure could use his help now that he's just asleep <laughs> shame really uh it says whatever you do choose it's great listening to you and hopefully the podcast will still be going for the 300 400 and 500 episodes oh, thanks for God. the last imagine imagine if we have to think up <laughs> oh don't worry you'll be going for quite some time yet oh god <laughs> uh thomas fake last name uh who emailed in um that we chose his uh, best meaningful moral quandaries uh, topic for for not the 200th episode but it was very good also said uh, putting the above aside I love the EWS podcast I get home from work Friday Arvo and get stuck in without fail it's Barney Gumbel hook it to my veins I truly hope it keeps going for a long long time thank you Tom mm. Uh, nice. This is a good one, actually. I like this one. It was probably too complex for us to do. But Quiver emailed him and said, uh, I love the Electronic Wireless show. And seeing as you were asking for suggestions for the theme of the 200th episode, here is one that sprung to mind. The best rocks, papers and shotguns in games. <laughs> I thought that one was amazing. That's a really good prompt. I kind of want to do it anyway. We might do it another time. It's a bit silly, obviously, but I thought it could also be a genuinely interesting question on how mundane materials or resources can be invaluable parts of how a game comes together. Rocks as a resource of crafting uh, crafting material, the use of rocks versus other resources in Age of Empires, various types of rocks in Minecraft, uh, for paper, the actual paper right in front of you taking notes or playing an adventure or puzzle game, the ever-growing and unimaginable stack of titular papers in Papers, Please, or any in-game quest log or map that lets you write your own notes on it. And then for shotguns, well, I'm sure one can think of some. They've been featured in a few games here and there. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, I love how anyone proposing a theme for an episode always includes a for example about Age of Empires, just as a, <laughs> a massive bit of sweet corn on a hook. <laughs> so thank you for that. That was a very good uh suggestion uh i gave a shout out to neil a couple of weeks back uh for emailing in um uh because he said i got to thinking uh about another topic for a future pod uh best villainous breakdowns in games um but he also 
Well, like villains who have a breakdown. Uh, yeah, like when they kind of go off on one. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, the mention of Red Dead Redemption reminded me of Dutch from Red Dead 1. After mine down wave after wave of goons, Dutch throws away his gun and has a bit of an existential wobbler. Um, oh, I, I thought know he Nate... meant in like EDM terms, like, oh, Drop the villain. villainous breakdown coming up at the three minute mark of this one. <laughs> He had, I know Nate will argue taxonomy here, but I will also lump nasty <laughs> online players into this category. Mm-hmm. Um, but one last aside, yeah, one last aside for each of you. Thank you, Matthew, for introducing uh, me to Outer Wilds with your video on RPS. I owe you for that. Uh, I found my day-to-day conversations include a lot more beasting, grond, and brutes. So thanks, Nate. And it was very surreal hearing Alice's stories about Irish history and a chap named Brony as we were housemates and our good friends. Brony, of course. Uh, who like invited me to his 1916 Easter centenary house party, uh, where I was one of about four English people in the entire building. Uh, and Brony said he, Brony said he saw me having my "We the Bad Guys" moment in real time. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Neil. Uh, Jeffrey Card, who friend the show and developer Jeffrey Card, who put EWS uh, Easter eggs into uh, Slave Decay Two. Yeah, so thank you very much, Jeffrey. Yeah. He did. He did email in after listening to the Moral Quandaries um, uh, episode and said, "I realised while listening to this week's podcast that my answer to both the past two topics was the same moment: the choice in Deus Ex that made me want to become a game designer." You meet up with your brother Alex in his apartment and the men in black are on the way to disappear you both. Alex insists that you have to leave the room while he fends them off. And if you wait around and if you're new to the game, you do absolutely get smoked by the men in black. So you're like, okay, this is the game designers telling me I have no choice. I have to leave. And that's what I did on my first playthrough. Later, I discovered Alex's dead body in the morgue and felt a tinge of regret and frustration that I hadn't been in a position to save him. Much later, I tried a second playthrough and completely on a lark, I decided to try and defeat the men in black. I assumed I'd find out there was some hard contrivance in the scripting that would force the same outcome no matter what, and what I wanted to do was discover what it was. What did the boundaries of the simulation look like? Um, now, it's a spoiler, obviously, so if you don't want to know what happens in the original Deus Ex, then skip on. But prior to approaching Alex, I blasted through all my consumables and laid a bunch of traps for the men in black. When they arrived, I defeated them, barely, and Alex had more dialogue for me. Then I cleaned out the building and Alex kept talking to me over the radio. And then he kept talking to me over the radio for the rest of the game. This last stand by Alex was always optional and it had been my choice to abandon him and escape. Alex is actually sort of the game's conscience, always pushing his brother to think of other people and the consequences of his actions. And in my first playthrough, I killed my conscience because I couldn't be asked to stand up for myself and make my own decisions. So his favourite last stand and favourite moral quandary are the same moment. He forgot to make games. He forgot like the third option there, which is to uh, set off a typhoon and kill Alex, the men in black, <laughs> anyone outside the flat, anyone <laughs> in the floors above or below, everyone, kill everyone with a typhoon because you've got 200 of them now. <laughs> that is an Elysian email, that is. that was. I really like that. It was good, wasn't it? Uh, Joe's a fake last name emailed in and said, how about best 200th episode theme special special where you discuss what theme would be best for a 200th episode special? What could go wrong? <laughs> so many things, Joe. <laughs> Most of them me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this is a special one as well. Uh, James, fake last name, has emailed in saying, Hi gang, I wanted to send a message to say a huge thank you for all the joy that you and your wonderful EWS podcast have brought over the years. I've been a long-time fan of RPS and I hope that you enjoy making the podcast as much as me and I'm sure many do listening to it. I wanted to do something to celebrate and say thank you and the idea of a lo-fi remix of the brilliant themes you've got stuck in my head and would simply not leave. So even though it makes very little narrative or aesthetic sense, I'm pleased to prevent lo-fi electronic wireless beats to Kevin to for your delectation. Also, I'm super conscious that I used your voices without asking, so I'll be happy to take it down if you don't want your voices associated with this nonsense. But I've listened to it, James, and I know uh, Nate has as well, and it's mega. It's really, really good. It's really excellent. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fabulous. I'll, I will link it in the show notes so anyone who's not on the Discord, because uh, James, who's Jim on the Discord, did drop it in there as well. It is, yeah, it's mega. I got it. Thank you so much. It's There's really, a really lovely. Of Matthew doing the cavern door creak. It's <laughs> perfectly timed. <laughs> it's really good. Uh. And then we did get an email from Cormac uh, only this morning. Cormac, fake last name, said, Hey, gang, your show brings me a tremendous amount of joy every week. So thanks very much for that. Keep up the great work. And Cormac also suggested a good choice for a future theme, which I'm not going to read out yet, uh, but does also have an Age of Empires example. Knew it. So thank you so much to everyone who emailed in uh, to celebrate for the the 200th episode uh, of the Electronic Wireless Show. We really, really appreciate it. And we couldn't do it without you. And if you would like to email in, it does not have to be an email of praise, <laughs> but we do appreciate it. The email is podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Let's get out of this, this cavern of excellence. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us for so long and for emailing in if you did email in and for just being a lovely bunch of people, especially in the Discord. There it's some really lovely chats going on in there, and the link to that is in the show notes. And all that remains this week is to uh do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So Matthew, what have you got to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend a film which I think is out on Friday, but I got to see last night called Fall. And it is about two climbers who climb up a 2,000 foot tall TV mast in the middle of the desert and then get stuck at the top and have to work Ooh. out how to like save themselves. Um, I wouldn't go to see it if you're scared of heights. <laughs> um, but as I'm so a, sorry, what was it called again? Fall. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a little bit, but like it's super budget. Like there's some slightly ropey special effects in it, but I think they actually sell it pretty well. And it, it's it's quite a fun uh, thriller exercise of well, what would you do at the top of that tower? There used to be a period where there was there was a period where there was a lot of films about people getting stuck in bad places, like open water, and that one about the people stuck on the chairlift. Do you remember that? There was like a. Period. I don't remember the chairlift one. Yeah, there was like a little period where there were loads of these horror films about like, what happens if you got stuck in this really weird place? What would you do? Um, and it's I'd kind of... I'd probably die. Well, that's it. I mean, most of us would just die. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought this was this was a nice little kind of callback to to that 
Um, but a little bit cheesy for the first 20 minutes, but get over that. And then it's, yeah, proper kind of sort of sweat, sweaty, sweaty palms. Sweaty palms, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're nervous, yeah. <laughs> Can you watch yeah. it on the pipes or just in cinemas? Uh, I imagine it will come to the pipes pretty quick. It's Like I say, it's it's, it's reasonably in, in indie-ish film. Um, but yeah, we we just happened to catch up and like an early screening of it last night. So lovely, sounds good. Uh, I'm recommending a horror film as well. Came out in March this year, and I think it was it is on the pipes now, uh, on a few different pipes um, to watch. It's called X, and it is about um, a it's in 1979, and a bunch of um, people go to. Uh, remote farm and use the sort of guest house on the farm to film a low budget porn flick um and they are then slashed uh it is very kind of clever in know because there is because they're shooting a porn film so there is nudity and stuff in it but it's um a very intentional use of it. it's really really great like shots and a really great com- way of making it all feel very unsettling very horrible and the slasher element to it is um a kind of twist and uh i thought it was very clever and very creepy and and good and the slashering all happens quite quickly towards the th- sort in the second sort of third or the last third of the film and so the rest of it is just just really creepy and kind of unsettling and, and horrible and i really enjoyed it nate I'm going to recommend uh, turning a fat bowl um, <laughs> like I did. Um, and the the gentleman I, I did it with, um, he's a lovely fellow called Richard. Uh, his Twitter is RJWCrafts. Uh, and I think his Instagram is the same. Um, he... It, it, you know, he's he just does organises these things sort of on an ad, ad hoc basis. So if you really want to learn uh, how to turn a bowl with a, a an, an old lathe, uh, I couldn't recommend a more more pleasant uh, and and useful instructor than he was. So, mm. yeah. so a recommendation thing. for the man and the activity. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you, listener, for joining us for this, the 200th episode. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Matthew, you sounded like sarcastic. I'm not very good at wooing. I'm too self-conscious to really put my like back into it, you know? <laughs> I just did the Age of Empires 2 castle noise. Oh, well, there you go. Um you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. You can email in, as we already mentioned, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can join the Discord via the link in the show notes. And there is still some tasty merch to buy as well, also linked in the show notes. Just remember, for all your PC gaming needs, go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. And we will see you next week for the start of the new glorious century here at EWS. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Throws a pen right at the camera. Bye. Bye.